Hi, I'm Claire Riley and welcome to MS Understood. I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in April 2017. At the time, all I wanted to do was get on with my life, put my head in the sand and privately listen to real people's stories about living with this unpredictable disease. I was deep in denial, terrified about the unknown ahead and I felt really alone. So there it is. MS Understood, conversations with real people from all walks of life who live with MS. Before we get started, I'd like to acknowledge that this episode of MS Understood was recorded across multiple lands. I recognise and acknowledge that all of Australia is Aboriginal land and I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. When you share your vulnerability and you share um, some of the things that you're going through, you find that other people start to share what's going on for them. And that's been quite a, um, quite a sort of a powerful um, interaction I've had with quite a few people about it. Today on MS Understood, we chat with Katie Gleaney. We cover a lot of things in this episode. Katie talks about how she has a meditation break in the middle of the day, which I think is a great idea, as this allows a mini reset so she can feel refreshed for the afternoon. Katie mentioned that she sees her neurophysio over Zoom and how well that works, which is a great reminder to those of us who don't have a neurospecific physio in our area. Katie also chats about reframing adventure and her next big adventure. In this chat, we talk about her plans to go mountaineering up a 3,000 metre peak in New Zealand. And if you enjoyed this chat with Katie, make sure to check out her next episode for an update on how her trip went. All right, let's get into today's episode. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for joining us on the MS Understood podcast today. How are you going? I'm going well, thanks. Thanks for having me. No, thanks so much. I'm really excited to hear about your adventure that's coming up. Um, But first, we're going to start with your diagnosis story. So could you share with us, please? Oh, it's always hard sort of trawling back through this process, but it's, it's good to have context. So um, I was diagnosed over two years ago um, after uh, a growing number of symptoms, started with um, pins and needles weakness in my right arm, progressed right down into my feet, um, eventually progressed into the classic MS hug. So I was really struggling to breathe. Um, and it took quite a while to get diagnosed. I went to the hospital twice. I went to my GP. I was calling the hospital almost on a daily basis saying, has anyone got my referral? I really need some help. This is getting worse. So it took weeks and weeks and weeks for our beautiful, cherished public health system <laughs> to finally lock me in for that MRI. Um, and uh, I've, I've sort of listened to quite a few stories about people getting diagnosed and it's a funny feeling when you get the diagnosis. So the neurologist told me, and in fact, my GP had told me a couple of days earlier as well. And it was an awful time, really confronting, really challenging. In some ways, it was also a huge relief because I knew that something would help me now that I had a label. I'm not really a labels person, but it was a useful label at the time. Um, And so, yeah, so then I got some, um, a huge dose of steroids, which um, sort of dampened down the inflammation. um, And now I'm just living well with MS. Yeah. So how long, like those initial symptoms, did you, how long sort of did you, was that process? 
um, seven and a half weeks before the MRI of yeah, every right. day getting worse and worse and worse. I was just so grateful that I wasn't um, unable to walk. I mean, the walking was difficult, but I was still able to be mobile. And saying that, maybe it would have speed up, sped up the process if I yeah. <laughs> had more drastic symptoms. Yeah, I always think about that of a lot of the people we, who get optic neuritis get diagnosed like within hours because they can't see. And so it's, you know, it's the things of like the, you know, oh, this is weird or pins and needles or whatever, but it takes a bit longer. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because um, it presented on my right side and two doctors at the hospital said, well, we don't really know of things that only present on one side. And now I'm like, but MS often does that. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I mean, in hindsight, it's great, isn't it? Knowing so much more of how things work now. Yeah. Then, you know, when you're aware of the disease, you already have it. Yeah. And you sort of, it's funny because my, I mean, I live in a small town in New Zealand and my neurologist, I have to travel to see her. She's not an MS expert. She's a generalist. Um, And there are times where I sort of think, "Mm, I kind of know more about this than you do now. (laughs) You know, I've immersed myself in the MS stuff, um, whereas she's trying to juggle lots of different things. Yeah. Yeah. How do your symptoms show up now? So it's been two and a half years? Yeah, about that, yeah. So um, pins and needles, numbness, um, and then there are times, actually it seems to link to my menstrual cycle. So different times in the month, I must have more inflammation happening in my body and then my symptoms will kind of get worse Mm. and then they'll kind of die down a bit. And then the other thing is stress is quite a big trigger. Um, so mostly it's just those sort of sensory things and I get really fatigued if I get hot or if it's humid Um, and then I also get a bit of um, visual disturbance and a bit of um, balance it's it's not so that I'd fall over but I feel kind of like dizzy and a bit like I've got to hold on to things Um, but at the moment, that's not a constant. That's sort of coming and going, depending on um, if I've got a virus or if I've um, got some inflammation in my body. Ooh, it's really interesting you talk about the menstrual cycle. I don't know if we've I've ever spoken about the the kind of change of symptoms over the course of you know our twenty eight to thirty days cycle. Um, but I notice right before I'm due to get my period that I also feel way more fatigued. And I think, I, you know, you probably would anyway, but given that we're also dealing with immune issues, that it's, yeah. And yeah, when you already have a low immune from having a cold or a flu, that things yeah. then get let up even more. Yeah, I, I without a doubt notice it. So even if there's no other things going on in my life, the one or two days before my period, my symptoms get worse and they get worse around ovulation, the middle of the mm. cycle. So um, I think my um, MS physio said that your body temperature changes during your cycle and that temperature we know temperature has an impact on MS. So it, hopefully it's not happening for everyone, but it's certainly happening for me. Yeah, wow. Have you found um, if someone just obviously people are listening to this if someone were to look at you in the street would they assume there was something wrong yeah well you know what the answer is like for so many of us nobody has any clue that there's anything going on 
Yeah. Um, and I think um, in some ways that's kind of cool because uh, it can you can keep things within yourself and other times that's more difficult. So, you know, like I'm immune compromised. I've had the vaccination for COVID, but it, because I'm on Ocrevus, it has um, sort of a low efficacy. Yeah. So I'm the one that's still got the mask on when everyone's like, hey, it's cool, take your mask off. I'm like, I don't really want to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's stuff like that is a bit more visual and then it's a, like a conversation about why and all of that. And it's interesting for me to note that because often I don't have to have those conversations. I can mm. just kind of keep it inside. Yeah, yeah, wow. So you don't need to do necessarily kind of daily management of things you know are you able to generally get by or is there stuff you still need to do kind of constantly to look after it well what I have found for me what I constantly need to do every day is meditate so I need to have a brain break in the middle of my day every day and it helps my brain function better it helps my stress levels stay lower and when I don't do it I notice things like my brain starts to race, my body starts to get agitated and my symptoms start to go a bit funny. So I do that without fail. Um, And then I- In the middle of the day. Yeah, so the advice I was given, which now makes perfect sense to me is, so I used to meditate at the end of the day to help me go to sleep. And I was like, you know, it's all relaxing and stuff. And my neurophysio was like, but you're not getting any benefit from your day by doing it at the end of the day. You want to, mm. you want to like, like your brain's working during the morning, then it's kind of getting tired. It's trying to get around all your lesions and then give it a little break in the middle of the day to regenerate, to restore, and then start again for the afternoon. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> what sort of meditation do you do? Do you follow um, anything specifically? Yeah, I mean, it's not very techy. There's lots of ways to meditate and I'm really interested in exploring them. But at the moment, I'm just using an app. So I just um, listen to a meditation track um, and I find it useful to to take myself into a different space through a meditation track because it's kind of taking you out of your day and into this kind of more um, world inside of yourself. Mm. Um, Yeah, and I just, I find that super useful. The other thing that I do really um almost every day and we'll talk more about it later is I exercise and for me moving my body I love to exercise and be outdoors anyway but moving my body definitely helps my symptoms and sometimes I even find the first kind of say 10 minutes of exercise I don't feel that great my symptoms are all a bit funny and my body temperature is going up and then it sort of seems to even out a little bit so it's for me with my symptoms it's about moving through that initial piece of um of uh sort of friction and then getting to a space where it it feels good Mm, yeah wow um it's i think i mean as we know exercise is super important for those of us with ms in any form um and something that keeps coming back to me and I think I need to get back on the train is meditation. And I did it constantly for a really long time and um, really fell off the bandwagon, but it might be my my um, call to get back into it. Yeah. This um, is your call. That's it. That's it. I'd love to talk about the different supports. You've mentioned your neurophysio um, a couple of times. So it's really great, obviously, that you've got access to a neuro-specific 
physiotherapist. What other, um, and you've talked about meditation, is there any other supports or therapies that you use? Yeah, so interestingly, just on the neurophysio, um, I've used her specifically this year because I'm doing a, a challenge to climb a peak. Um, and I, she's not based in my town. So she's based in Auckland and we have done, due to lockdowns and locations, we've done almost all of the appointments online. Um, and that's been absolutely fine. So that's, um, if there are people out there that are thinking, oh, maybe I could do that, but we don't have one locally, there are options available. Um, and then the other things um, on Ocrevus, which I mean, I assume it's helping, it's very hard to know. Um, but my thought is if it's um, slowing my progression, that's a good thing. So it mm. took me a long time to decide whether to go on medication and that's where I landed. I still have days where I think, oh, is this the right choice? But anyway, that's why I'm It's so tricky because you can be like, what if I wasn't taking it? I might yes. not have any attacks. But yes. if I wasn't taking it, then I might. So it's hard. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard. It took me a long time. And I was like, but it's all kind of a preventative thing. And is it really worth it? Because, yeah. you know, but the side effects have been very minimal. Um, and it's six a six-monthly infusion. So I'm kind of like, well... It's not really a, a drag to do it. So I'll yeah. do it for now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and then other things, I guess um, I worked, have worked really hard at when after I was diagnosed um, and I realized that stress was such a big part of um, symptom management, I took a really hard look at what I was doing in my life, what the things were that were really important to me and what the things were that I was doing because I felt that I should or that I felt like people would judge, judge me if I didn't do them. And I just cut a bunch of that stuff off the list. Um, and so I, I guess I try to keep quite a, um, I mean, I don't always achieve it, but I try to keep my life um, not too full. I need to have a little bit of edge a uh, little bit of space on the edges so that uh, if things happen I've I've not kind of reached maximum capacity yeah yeah for sure um you've spoken about your challenge can you yeah. fill us in tell us all about oh, cool. it cool oh, I'm so excited to talk about this so um before MES I used to climb mountains and I when I had my diagnosis that was one of the things that I found really confronting as I thought that my life in the outdoors was over and for me, being outside gives me uh, gives me life. It gives me a sense of peace, of connection to the earth, and a space that I can um, disconnect from from the busyness of the of of the normal day. So um, I decided to set myself a challenge, and there was a, a there's an awesome organisation, Mastering Mountains Trust, here in New Zealand, um, that was set up by someone with MS um, who was also a very keen outdoors person, and they gave me a grant to take on a challenge of climbing a mountain again. And so for the whole of this year and a bit of last year, I've been starting, I've been training towards that goal. And what's been amazing in that process is that when I first started out on this, I genuinely had no idea if I functionally was capable of doing it. My heart was capable of doing it, but I didn't know if my body was capable of doing it. And so what I just, I just started small. I started with a half hour walk and then I went to a two hour walk and then I put a 
like a day pack on and I just slowly progressed and did more and more and just was testing the edges of my ability and each time I did something I stood on the edge of the precipice and thought oh my god like am I going to get back alive am I going to just like fall apart in the middle of this trip and each time I managed to get through and I had you know always had someone with me in case something happened and they needed to help me and that was so affirming to think each time I was doing something that I was afraid of that I wasn't sure of that I was thinking you know maybe was the wrong choice and each time I managed to get through to the other side and yes I was super tired and yes I needed downtime afterwards and I needed time to sort of restore myself but each time I achieved it and that's I guess that's been the most amazing part of this process is I want to climb that mountain but if I don't there's been this amazing journey just to get to where I am now. This episode won't go live for some time but you're set to start in just a few days. Yeah yeah so we love COVID because (laughs) COVID has been such a derailer for so many people I know but just in my little world Um, we're currently experiencing the outbreak here in New Zealand and they may close the airport that I'm supposed to be flying into in three days. So I'm on the edge of my seat this afternoon. We'll find out if the airport's going to close, but hopefully it stays open and we will fly this weekend. And then we go down to the West coast of the South Island to a tiny little town at the base of the glacier. And we wait for the weather window to get in there and and climb the peak. So fingers crossed it all happens. So it's a, it's a, um, I have a little bit of knowledge around um, mountain climbing. So it's a, um, you're wearing crampons, like you're out in the snow. It's, is it a day from the start to the end and then back down yeah. again? Yeah. So we're going from a hut that's on the spine of the Southern Alps and we will climb from that hut to a 3000 meter peak. Yeah. So we'll be at altitude at the top of that climb, which is when you have least oxygen in the air. And we'll be crampons, ice axes, helmets, lots of food. Food is good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And yeah, just, and it's for a day. So lots of things have to line up for us to be able to climb. And that's one of the things that I think um, practices like meditation have really helped me with is that understanding that, um, you know, you can set yourself a challenge and a hope and an aspiration, but if it doesn't happen, it's no reflection on the fact that you didn't try. Mm. So if the mountain doesn't want us to climb that day, we won't be able to climb. If the airport closes for COVID, we're not going to be able to fly. If my body feels tired and I feel unwell, I won't be able to do it. And that's actually okay. It's okay Mm. to to rest within yourself and realize that today wasn't the day. Yeah. Do you have a few days to, to get that opportunity? Yeah, we've we've got we've got a buffer, but I have a four-year-old daughter, right? And she will be staying back here in Topor. Our mother, my mother, was going to come and look after her, but she's stuck in Auckland in lockdown. So we've got lots of things going on to try. So we have a little bit of buffer, but we don't have a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I don't like this. Is I feel like it's so incredible because. For me, my background is outdoor education. Um, that's what I trained in. And, um, you know, the loss of that career, even though I'd sort of, you know, I've got a child, 
I'd, I'd sort of moved on from leading outdoor camps, but I hadn't necessarily moved on from personal trips and hiking. And, and um, I think the idea of working towards something and even if you can't do it, you've given it a go is a really important thing that we need to reflect on as people with multiple sclerosis, having things changing day by day really um, is so important. And also um, a friend of mine mentioned to me the other day about adjusting your idea of adventure. So, um, you know, I can't, well, it's very unlikely that I can go and do a mountain climb now, but, you know, maybe tomorrow I should try doing a, a half an hour walk and start there. So. Absolutely. That, that was a big thing for me. Like I feel really fortunate that I'm in a currently in a space that I'm able to do this. And I know a lot of people with MS would never be in this space. Mm. So my message isn't kind of like get out there, climb a mountain at all, I think, but it is get out there and try something that is a challenge for you um, while listening to your body, whilst being careful, but don't, don't think that your, your world of adventure has gone. Mm. Your world of adventure might look like a half hour walk, but it might be to a mountain stream or to a beautiful glade where you have a picnic with your family. And it doesn't have to be that you can't even start. Yeah. It's just reframing that sense of adventure and what adventure looks like for you and what makes your heart sing and not thinking that that's just all gone from your life. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, yeah, I think that the hopefulness, given that so often I feel like there's a lot of us without that hope, the hopefulness of giving something a go you know, and it could even be something, you know, not out there. It could be starting painting or totally. it could be writing a book. Like all of those things, they're adventures in their own right. Yeah. Um, and it's something you may have always wanted to do. And now you can't do this thing. So why not give this thing a go? Ab do you know, absolutely. So because when I was sort of reflecting on my own physical capability and I thought, oh, maybe some of these things have gone, Initially, I was like, oh, that means it's all gone. And then I was like, well, maybe I could ride an e-bike, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't need to pedal all the time. Or, you know, as you say, like, oh, maybe I'll explore my writing a bit more and get, you know, get into some of that stuff. But I guess for me, that hopefulness, that having a goal and an ambition has made a, a massive difference to my outlook. And that's been really powerful to have something where you can hope and then you achieve something you get another little boost you know that those things are really valuable to your own mental well-being and I found that the interconnectedness of my positive outlook and my MS symptoms are just so linked <laughs> mm, yeah absolutely if people want to follow, and like I said, it will be a bit different, but if people want to see how your journey's been, how your adventure has been, and I'm sure there'll be others, um, can they find you on social media? Yeah, so I've been posting on Instagram and I'm at Katie underscore climbs, Katie yep. with a Y. Um, and I've put a bunch of stuff up there that shows that journey. So, you know, there's some videos of me. I remember very vividly one of the first tramps I did, it was really hot. And my husband had, I mean, he's been an amazing supporter, but 
for the first time ever, we're normally really good at this, he'd picked a road end that was much further from the hut than we had planned. There were two road ends and we went to the wrong one. Yeah. And I was so mad at him. I was like, it's hot. I've got MS. I haven't got enough water. This is way too hard. Why are you doing this to me? And of course he didn't do it on purpose. But that, you know, like everything was coming up inside of me is like, this is too hard. This is too much. I can't, I, I, I am a different person. I can't do this. Mm. And actually at that moment, it was a bit hard and I did need to sit down and have a bunch of water. But then we got somewhere else. It was cooler. We kept walking. I put my feet in a stream and things got better. And it was just that sense of trying to move through those spaces of, um, of difficulty and thinking that maybe there's another there's another bit of this journey that's going to be good. Mm. Well, I'll pop a um, link to your Instagram in the show notes so people can check it out. Um, I'm sure there will be infinite adventure in many ways that people can check out, you know, if, because your climb will have been done by the time this um, yeah, comes hopefully. out. Definitely. <laughs> um, do you think, like it's been two and a half years, do you think you've come to accept your diagnosis? Yeah, I have. Um, I I actually accepted it the day that my neurologist told me I was um, I went through a lot of emotions on that day. I'm sort of re remembering them, which is why I'm pausing. Yeah, it was it was a really difficult um, day, um, but I accepted it when I heard it. Um, and I think what's interesting to me is I had thought my life would be much uh, more restrained or contained than it actually is. Mm. So it's actually been much better than I thought it would be. The other thing I've really noticed is that when for my decision has always been to be really open about my diagnosis with people. And I know that's not always possible for everyone, but that's the road I went down. And that has been quite a powerful journey in itself. When you share your vulnerability and you share um, some of the things that you're going through, you find that other people start to share what's going on for them. And that's been quite a, um, quite a sort of a powerful um, interaction I've had with quite a few people about it. And actually since posting about this um, climbing journey, three sort of friends or acquaintances have got in touch saying oh actually I've just been diagnosed and I'd love to chat and that's quite that's quite awesome as well to think that you build a community and that you start to feel that you can help each other through this um mm. yeah so yes I feel I feel I have accepted it I feel like it's made me realize that life is very precious mm. yeah absolutely it is What's one thing, so you, you know, you said you accepted it on the day and there was a lot of emotions around it, but what's one thing you wish you'd known early on? And if you, there isn't, what's one piece of advice you would give to someone who's newly diagnosed? So I think, I mean, I don't know if this is something that often people say to you, but it would have been good to know that MS comes in many different forms and that your journey is not someone else's journey. So if someone's saying to you, MS looks like this, they're wrong. Mm. MS looks like what you're experiencing in your body. Um, and that I wish I'd known that. And also the other thing is have 
confidence in yourself and your understanding of yourself. So if someone's telling you something and it just doesn't feel right to you, listen to yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, so often having MS, like you said, we're told how it should look, um, which is why I started this podcast in the first place. And people don't believe us until you've got it and then like you've got the diagnosis and then you can kind of be like no and then people get it but I think that pre-diagnosis part is really difficult yeah I remember being on the phone every day trying to get this appointment for an MRI just thinking like do you do you even care that Mm. I'm a person in pain and afraid does that even matter to you like it was really quite confronting to think okay well the system of referrals blah blah you know but in the end I'm at the bottom of the heap and no one's hearing me Mm. Uh, so that was that was really challenging that's why I'm saying like trust your instinct if something is wrong something is wrong and don't don't give up until you get help yeah definitely tell me what is the best thing to have happened to you because of your MS oh well we've probably covered some of it already but um I, I feel like I, I really relish my life. Um, mm. the, the wonderful moments, the good, when, it's, when I feel good, when I have energy, when my body's feeling good, I really appreciate that. I don't take, it for, I don't take any of those days for granted. Um, and the other thing I think is valuing the things that are worth valuing. So... I value time with my daughter. I value time on a beautiful day outdoors laying beneath a tree. Those things that really um, are moments in time that are so beautiful that I just really, I, I just really enjoy them now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And my last question is, what is something you would tell people to make MS more understood? Oh, um, MS is different for every person. What works for you may not work for someone else and what works for someone else may not work for you. And don't underestimate us. We are stronger than we know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you, Katie, so much for sharing your story today. I'm so excited to hear how your climb goes. And yeah, I'll, um, I'll pop an update so that everyone can hear it or hear about what happened. And um, yeah, good luck. It's going to be amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of MS Understood. Don't forget, if you like this episode, there's an update on Katie's adventure in the next episode. You can find me on Instagram at Claire.Riley and Katie on Instagram at Katie underscore climbs. The best thing you can do to support this podcast is click follow on Spotify, subscribe on your other podcast listening platforms and leave a review. This really helps others to find the episodes. I'm always looking for new guests for the MS Understood podcast. If this is you or someone you know, please send me a message via my Instagram account. And in an effort to make sure we have representation, I'd love to hear. And in an effort to make sure we have representation, I would love to hear from any members of the LGBTQI plus community our Black and BIPOC community, or any men willing to share their stories of living with multiple sclerosis. Thanks again for listening, and please share this episode with someone you think it might help.